Welcome to the Mother Days Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Wright Olson. And I'm Teresa Palmer. And we've been looking forward to this episode for a really long time. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) We are so blessed and we feel so honored to have the two women that are here with us today, uh, Nikki Reed and Abby Vidikin. Thank you guys so much for being here. As you guys know, um, Nikki's been on our show before. She's one of our dear friends friends. She's a mama boss. She has now two children. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has her amazing company, Buy You With Love, and so many, so many things. Um, and with her today is a very dear and special human being who we are so, so excited to talk to, Abby Vidikin, who is a home birth midwife. Um, she's also so prenatal labor, postpartum support. I have heard the most amazing things about you <laughs> and um, the way that you care for the people that are your clients, friends, whatever you want to call it, these mothers that are under your uh, care. I'm so excited to get into all the things and to hear um, to hear all about it. And Nikki today is sharing with us her birth story. Oh my gosh. Yay. <laughs> love a birth Yay. story. We love a birth story. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. And this is really special because, like, when do you have the person who's birthing and the midwife in the same place? So thank you guys so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. First of all, you need to have an entire episode with just Abby Ace. I pulled her into the lucky me, but (laughs) it's mostly so that I can spend an hour complimenting her and not have her run away from it because I've, I've stuck her right next to me, basically in the chair and <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave. She put me in the corner. <laughs> She's oh. let me in her She can't run out. But um, uh. it's been a few weeks since I've had my, my babe. Um, and in that time, I've, I'm so happy that we've had a little bit of time between having him and then talking about this because of what a difference um, Abby has made in, in our life and the impact that she's had in our life. And so I'm, I think the timing is just really beautiful because had we spoken, you know, right at his birth, it would be just about the birth when really so much of, you know, this journey and my relationship with Abby and my understanding of midwifery care, birth, postpartum has been in this period of time after and mm-hmm. how important that is 
for women. Um, and that's, you know, I want to talk about birth, but I also want to talk about that because it's been life changing. Let me tell you. Wow. Amazing. Well, oh today we're going to give you the full space to have this whole conversation. However long this goes, if we need to break it up into two episodes, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it can be a birth and a postpartum. So we'll see how it goes. Don't don't even worry. But um, we're so excited to hear um, about all the things because even watching you in your postpartum journey, um, you know, I, I just feel like it's so rare to have the support that you've had. So I love that Abby is here with us today to have this conversation because mm -hmm. um, every woman deserves that kind of care. Every woman yeah. deserves to have someone there with them to answer the questions, to go through all of this. So we're really like so honored that you're here today mm -hmm. and then Nikki, that you're going to share this story. So do you want to take us back to those like, like the last, last few weeks, few weeks my favorite time because <laughs> I, I love it because Tess and I know what was happening in those <laughs> last few weeks but <laughs> share with the listeners like what was happening those last few weeks did everything come as a surprise or were you like wow this is taking forever and <laughs> what's happening <laughs> right um Thank God you're here, like guiding this conversation. Because as you're talking, you're going, "Where are we going to start?" There's so many things I want to talk about. Um, and by the way, nobody loves birth. Sarah loves birth, but nobody loves birth as much as Teresa. Like, it's kind of next level. Like, she's definitely manifesting at least ten kids. In her I know. <laughs> I've already got the seed planted. I was like, okay, Abby. I, I wonder if I have twins. If she would let me do home birth with twins. <laughs> cool. That would be really cool. I think she would. Yeah, she seems like the vibe. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Okay. So the last few weeks. So I wasn't even planning on having a midwife in my life because I had an OB who I love and trust, and he delivered me 35 years ago. And so I was wow. like, you know what? I feel really taken care of, but something about my plan just didn't feel complete. And I was still like searching for things, I think subconsciously. And so we should give credit where credit is due. So Ricky Lake, <laughs> right here, <laughs> Ricky Lake um, was having a like a gathering in her home mm. for um, the business of being born for the re-release of that film, which I'm sure has impacted everybody listening and the four of us here beyond measure. And mm -hmm. um, so we were all sitting in this circle, kind of introducing ourselves. And I don't know if you remember, but that circle took four hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I had so much to say. So like we went around the circle and I was actually second to last. And there were 30 <laughs> people in front of me. And I think it was like a four hour intro as every midwife in the circle oh. introduced themselves and what they were passionate about. And, and not just um, midwives, but they were doulas and um, also a couple of OBs there as well. And um, Abby was sitting with my doctor and I was watching their dynamic and I had already heard Abby's name a couple of times from friends and, you know, I'm very, the two of you know this, I'm very sensitive to energy and mm -hmm. that is what means the most to me. Like, I don't care who somebody has worked with, how many births they even have under their belt, how many, to me, it's like, if we connect on that level and I feel safe then I know that you're my person and maybe I'm your person, mm. you know? 
So I was yeah. watching them for those four hours across <laughs> 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 the and how they were speaking. And I was just thinking, maybe that's my person, you know? Aww. And so after, I don't think I've ever heard this. <laughs> so I walked over to, uh, to see, to see my doctor, um, right. You know, when all that was done and Abby was sitting there and I just, I introduced myself and, and told her a little bit about, you know, my journey and what I was, what I was hoping for, which is like kind of the, the no plan plan is what I had going on at the time, which is, I know that I'm going to have an unmedicated birth. I mean, you know, it's what we're all going for. Right. And, um, I really hope that everything is smooth and I'd love for it to be at home. And I'm also open to whatever the other possibilities are. I try to keep everything like whatever it's meant to be. And from that moment on, Abby was like, she was like in my heart. I called her two days later and said, would you consider taking on another client? I know it's last minute. I'm, you know, 30, I don't know, 32, 33. Yeah. I was like, this is a lot. Do you even take on in their last trimester we don't know each other that well and we're like walking right to the altar you know (laughs) 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 and so um it was it was very sweet abby first she told me like yes and here's i said what does that look like and she told me kind of like the standard care like typically what that looks like and of course we really um surpassed that in about five minutes um i think (laughs) we've had more visits together than we've had with like our family members in the last, <laughs> in the last <sighs> four months. I think, I mean, it's always, it's always kind of a challenge to try and take someone on late to care because you're not able to necessarily build the same level of relationship with that person as if, you know, they started out with you, let's say, at 10 weeks, right? You're, you're talking about a, a limited amount of visits, a limited amount of time to really get to, you know, know their nuances and their quirks and kind of what makes them tick. And I think build that rapport and that level of trust that you should have going into birth, whether it's a home birth or a hospital birth, whatever it might be. But making I ended up spending something like an hour and a half on the phone in just that first call, you know, listening to the story <laughs> of the first birth and, and kind of just talking through what she was looking for with this one, her, you know, her care with her doctor and, and just getting to know each other really on kind of like a soul level in that first conversation. I was like, okay, this would be, this is kind of a no brainer. Like, this is someone that I'll enjoy working with, whether it's, you know, seeing her five times or whether it's seeing her 25 times, which it seems like it's turned into. Uh, we, <laughs> this will be a journey, um, you know, and, and she's wrangling her child and I've got my child like spraying me with a hose all over on the phone together. And it's just, it's like, it's fun. It was fun from the get go. And there was certainly, you know, just that very first conversation. I think like a connection, something that you, you know, just knew you would enjoy the next few weeks with that person for sure. Mm, that's so so nice. I talked to Abby about my first birth a lot um, because there were definitely things as as wonderful as that was. I mean, it was. It was a beautiful experience. I knew that there were things. I mean, none of us know except Teresa, the rest of us never know how many children we're going to have, right? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I kind of look at, I looked at this as like, if this, the last time I could have this experience because you never know what would I want that to be if I could manifest it and sure there are things that happen that are out of our control but how what would I want it to be and so that's kind of where we started and my first birth with my daughter um it was in the hospital and while it was unmedicated um which is what I was going for I it was still all kinds of chaotic um for so many different reasons I lived 
you know, an hour plus away from the hospital. My doctor at the time fell ill right before my delivery. And so I had a backup doctor that stepped in and I only met with him, you know, at 6 p.m. And I went into labor that same night and it was just <sighs> all kinds of chaotic. And I don't know if you remember from the last time we, yeah, I did this show and I don't even know if I shared this before, um, but, you know, there was a lot of drama towards the end of it just surrounding like was my daughter growing enough in utero and should we induce and should we not? And there's so much pressure put on the mother to like, know what you should do. Um, and yeah, if you don't right. do it, the stakes are so high, right? Like if you don't mm-hmm. do this and then if something goes wrong and then if this is your fault and so you're carrying all this pressure. And I think I didn't realize that for this whole pregnancy, like that little bit of, I don't want to call it like trauma, but whatever that thing is that you still haven't totally unpacked was like in the Mm -hmm. back of my mind going, could this happen again, you know? Yeah. And so with this home birth that I really wanted to manifest, I was like, is this going to happen or is it going to get all kinds of chaotic again? Um, And so, you know, again, again, leading up to this, um, you know, there's like a lot of talk about when my due date would be and everybody thought that the baby was coming early and rule number one for anyone listening, everyone needs to stop telling people when they think the baby is coming early. <laughs> the worst, the worst. I know. Because really it makes like, if someone tells you your baby's coming two weeks early, it wasn't Abby by the way, <laughs> but if someone tells you your baby's coming two weeks early and then your baby comes two weeks late, <laughs> those four weeks oh, are an eternity. It's so long. But yeah. Um, my, you know, my baby was like stationed really low at like plus one even towards the end. And so I kept getting told like, wow, this is really low. I don't think the baby's going to stay in there even another 24 hours. And then lo and behold, we're going weeks and weeks, you know? And so anyway, there was that kind of, that fun drama. Um, but it was the most like single-handedly the most beautiful experience of my life and I say this I don't mean to skip ahead but I'm just gonna skip to one part because I don't want to forget to say this Sarah I don't (laughs) know if I told you this or not but in my last contraction in my very last push as this baby was coming out I was literally thinking about you I saw your face in my head did I tell you this no right before I gave birth Sarah came to my house and showed me the elongated 25 minute version of what I think all of you have seen on Instagram which is like (laughs) delivering winter but my favorite part about birth videos versus you know what goes on the internet is that music on top of a birth video makes it look and feel completely different the reality of birth is that it is hard and messy like even the most beautiful Mm -hmm. Um, you know, spaces and places. And so Sarah's birth video, I remember her like screaming at the top of her lungs as we all do, like roaring and pushing and like all the fire, right? Like the fire was there. And I remember thinking like, I've got to find that fire again. Is that fire Mm -hmm. in these people? I don't know if it's fire. (laughs) And so as Uh. I was in my very last push and I watched the video back and I remember the moment where I was thinking about Sarah's face. <laughs> 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 it's almost as intimate as being like, what if you're having sex with your husband and thinking about your best friend's face? <laughs> 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 like, that's like that intimate of because I remember going, no, why are you thinking about Sarah right now? Like, get back in the- <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, 
that made me sweat a little. Um, I just didn't want to forget to mention that I was literally going, I, I can it. do this just like Sarah was doing this. That is so amazing and I'm so so honored but I remember (laughs) I just have to say this is because this is kind of where we are right now in your story is that it was like a couple weeks before you were to give birth and I remember the reason I showed you that video is because your first birth had gone quickly I think like there was a lot happening like on top of each other if I'm remembering correctly, and you were talking about how, like, what if I don't have that time to ride those waves? And like, you know, you were at, and I just, I told you to like, this is what my doctor, Dr. Goldberg had said to me, as he had said, you have to let go of the births before. Mm -hmm. And you need to know that this every birth is a new experience. And just like go into it with like a clean slate and an open mind. Like you take, ride every wave, take every moment. And so I remember having that conversation with you and being like, look, let me show you these moments in between where like I just stand back up again and I'm like, whoo, you know, and then it's like, you know, like, (laughs) and then it goes back into it. So I wanted you to see that, like, even towards the end, you could have this moment. It does. It doesn't mean that it's going to be this other way. Anyway, that's why we were having that moment. Guys, you know what we always say at the Mother Days, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's why nourishing ourselves with beautiful, healthy meals is so important so that you can fill yourself up and then tend to the needs of everyone else in your family. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled and feeling good all day long. You have over 35 different options to choose from every single week. So you never get bored with the food choices. And you know how crazy it is during the week trying to like prep meals and you got to run the kids to their different games and like after school activities. Well, the cool thing about Factor is they have these two minute meals. So they're ready to serve, heat up whenever that you need to. They have everything from like pancakes, smoothies, a wide variety of easy options for breakfast, midday buys, whatever it is that you need to do to like make it fit for your family. There's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup needed. Um, It's very flexible for your schedule. And you know that I love a coupon. Like I love saving money. Well, they have this sign up and save (laughs) and they've done the math. So factor is way less expensive than takeout food. And every meal is dietitian approved and nutritious and delicious. So guys, head to factormeals.com slash motherdays50 and use code motherdays50 to get 50% off. That's days with a Z-E. That's code motherdays50 at factormeals.com slash motherdays50 to get 50% off. Yeah. We all know how busy life gets being a parent and it really doesn't leave a whole lot of room for other things like logistics and finances. But did you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Check this out. Okay, so imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. (laughs) I mean... Think of all the cash back that you would get on boxes of pasta. I mean, that's what Esme loves or uh, bags of chips. Me, I love that. Well, NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. 
with NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. This was such a game changer for me. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? I could think of a few things. How about a getaway with your girlfriends or a nice little weekend with your partner? Or how about a spa day with some hot stones? <laughs> Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And you were so right. You were so right. It was a totally different birth and experience, even like physically. I actually, because I think we talked about this, I had rolling contractions with, with my daughter where it was like one after the other and I had no break. Oh, and I gosh. talked to Abby a lot about that because it really scared me. I was actually feeling a lot of fear. And then mm. you start reading about how fear makes the body shut down and how you can't. Yeah. And it's like, oh no. So what if this time I have that and the fear? And so maybe mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen. The baby will never come out. And, you know, <laughs> you just get into that. You get it to that place. And Nikki, how did you, did you do a specific fear clearing to move through that? Or was it enough just to sit and talk with Abby and be like, here's the truth. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling afraid that I'm not going to be able to handle that kind of experience again. Or did you actively go out and say, right, I need a fear clearing meditation. I need to just get this out of my body before it's time. I did both. So one like mantra that I had in my head was just that um, there's something on the other side of fear. And I kept visualizing that on the other side of fear, there was something really beautiful and, mm. you know, sometimes like fear and excitement can actually be the same thing and feel really similar and our body doesn't yeah. know how to separate them. So that's what I kept telling myself is like, you're not afraid, you're excited, you're really anxious, yeah. your body's like walking up and you're feeling really nervous, but that's not nerves, that's excitement. So I kept like trying to, that was my headspace. And then I did, I called Abby, she can probably tell the story better than I can, but I called Abby, I think it was like a Thursday or a Friday because it was like a new moon or something happening. And I called her just, and I like burst into tears and I was like, I don't think I can do it. What if I can't do it? (laughs) And then, and this is like the beauty of, by the way, this is going to be the theme of this conversation is the difference between a midwife and a doctor, which I love both. I had both at my birth, so I cannot emphasize that enough. This is not like an, you know, this is an and, not an or. But the difference between having a midwife or having Abby, maybe not just that midwife, but having an Abby and doctors that I can call, you can pick up the phone and call. And having that is everything. Because after that conversation, I was like, okay. I'm back in my, I've got my shoes back on. I've got my pants back on. I'm ready to do this. I can, I'm not a mess anymore. I can brush my teeth. Like I was crumbling yeah. for a second. 
And Abby, what what did you say in that moment to her? Like, so what she was actually, the... she she asked me for something very specific. So she called and said, like, I'm losing it a little bit. I'm very scared. And it, I don't rem- I don't I don't think she could particularly like put her finger on exactly what she was afraid of. It wasn't like I'm afraid something's going to go wrong with the thing. I'm afraid of going to leave her again. It was just like in general, like I'm afraid mm. of this experience and and how fast it's approaching. And she said, just tell me some good birth stories. Oh, I did. That's it. She said, I just, just tell me some good birth stories. And I had had a, a repeat client of mine have a baby just a couple of days before that. And it was, you know, just this beautiful sort of seamless, uh, just great labor where uh-huh. she was chatting in between contractions. And then it was like, she'd have one and she'd kind of get into it. And then she'd go right back to telling whatever story she had left off at. And, you know, it was like, she went to the bathroom for a second and came back and was like, my water just broke. I'm having a baby. And, you know, <sighs> push the baby out into the world. Hop back in the birth and push your baby out into the world eight minutes later. And so it was this great story. Wow. Of like, see, it's, it, it doesn't have to be this, you know, backbreaking, mind-altering experience all the time. It can be this sort of like fun, you know, social event almost where you're just, you're, you know, yeah. you're having a conversation with the people around you. You're smiling between contractions. And then, yes, you're going to go into it for that minute. Um, but then you pop out of it. And I think especially when you're planning for a home birth and you're planning to be in an environment where you really feel safe. And it's just, it's, you know, the beauty of being home is it's just the people you select to be around you. There is no, mm. there's never a stranger that's walking out of the room. There's nobody there that you haven't personally invited to be in that space with you. And so yes. in a lot of ways, it does feel kind of like this party that you planned for yourself. You know, these are, these are the guests, uh, these are the guests yeah. that I want to be here. These are the people that I trust to be here with me. And these are the people I'm going to lean into when I need them to kind of refocus and recenter me. So anyway, I told her some good birth stories and, we just talked through if there was like something in particular that we could work through. But I think that was really in, in the moment that seemed to be all that she really needed. Was. I'm remembering now. It's because right as I was approaching sort of the end, I had a lot of people calling me, telling me why I shouldn't have a number. Yep. Right. There's what? a lot of that. Yeah. And it's always, why? by the way, it's always out of love. So it's never anyone trying to do anything bad or malicious. It's always. It wasn't me. No, it wasn't you. It was people wanting to tell me all the stories about a friend of a friend. You the know? scary and, stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and by oh, the way, wow. those stories can be real. Um, and I'm sure that many of them are, and then I'm sure maybe some of them have kind of, you know, maybe there's some things lost in translation. Um, and maybe it didn't have anything to do with being at home. But Wow. You know, we always hear about the squeaky wheel. And so it just sounds yeah. very scary. And I love to like, I want to honor those stories. Um, but also when you get down to it, you really like dissect them and talk about them. A lot of times the mothers will come forward even with their, their you know, providers there and say, this wasn't because we were at home. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I remember putting like a boundary I think for my second or third, because that started happening to me too. Yeah. And it was like, ooh, this happened. Oh, gosh. And just even some of the words people were using, like excruciating and like, Mm. oh, it was an, it's a nightmare, things like this. I was like, oh, I was letting it penetrate my space. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, 
I love you. I so appreciate you, but I'm just trying to keep my energy and my space really positive. So I'm curating the things that I'm reading and bringing on board and like would love to talk about this after I've had the baby and like let's share all the different stories that we've all had. But just in this lead up, I've just got to keep this space really sacred and curated for myself. And I, because I was suddenly got spun out, so spun out. It's like excruciating that everyone's explaining it as excruciating like that. Even now I can feel like tensing up. It's like, um, yeah, it's it's really doing yourself a disservice when Mm. you're having to take these things on board. So, wow, that's, that's really interesting, Nikki. And you're right. It's out of love generally. And concern and wanting the best outcome and, you know, and I totally get it. By the way, I think I've probably at some point in my life been guilty of doing that in some capacity, maybe not surrounding Humbert, but surrounding something, you know, similar. So it was a good check in for myself to like, at what point in our life do we give unsolicited advice and thoughts without having that um, as like an ask first, you know? So it was good Mm -hmm. check in with myself too. But, um, you know, the internet's also a weird place and it kind of like the algorithms of things start to feed you what you're looking at. And so even in that time before that phone call to Abby, you know, Instagram was showing me like all the scary births in the world too. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. It's oh. A, that's a, that is really interesting because, um, it's weird. Like it's set up to show you the scariest thing that's going to give you the most reaction. I mean, that's just the way that yeah. it is. And so if you wonder why, like all of a sudden you're starting to feel a lot of anxiety surrounding something that you're seeing constantly, it's because like that is how this whole thing, there's mm-hmm. a really great um, p- podcast episode from The Daily that explains exactly how they do this and the algorithm and mm. why they're doing it and how like YouTube and all of these things like exploded based on exactly that fear. And mm. so um, that is a really great, another really great tip from you for all you moms listening out there to put the boundary up with social media and anything yeah. that you're like Googling and looking at because you can go, oh, wait a minute this is coming at me because I'm like, this is something that I was nervous about. And now I'm going to get lots of this in my feed. And so the boundary is so important. I'm about to be a doula. I'm not a trained doula, so I can't really say a doula, but I'm about to be doula-like. Um, although yesterday I was like, I should just like get my doula certificate for sure. But um, I was like, I love birth so much. I should just do that. Anyway. I mean, um, yes, you so should. I, um, so my friend is like 38 weeks pregnant right now. And the same thing, I think she's been looking at a lot of different videos and there are a list, I have a list of like five or six different midwives and birth photographers um, and like different organizations that I follow and I'm, I tag her in all of them. Every time a birth, a beautiful birth comes up on Instagram, I'm tagging her, like sending them to her because <laughs> the more she's watching those ones, they're the ones that are going to come up. So I'm like, just watch yes. it. Just watch it. Even <laughs> yeah. if it's just you're, for the algorithm. You're feeding her algorithm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Yeah. She's, Teresa's outsmarted it all. You She's really got it down. <laughs> you, know, you can do that. You can kind of like play in with yes. the system a little bit and say, okay, I see what you're doing. I'll play that game too. I mean, it's smart that you so do true. that. It's the one experience that you have in your life that you're completely not in control of. And so yeah. I think like for all of us here that are juggling 
multiple things. I mean, I know that everybody in this room has, you know, a lot happening, let's put it that way, with work and kids and life and sometimes multiple jobs and things, you know. Thank God Abby doesn't have multiple jobs because <laughs> I'm really grateful that we're focused only in one area. <laughs> but for all of us who have that happening, like we develop these very type A personalities where you know you have to, you know, do things on time, get things out, you know, everything has to be kind of like coordinated, organized. And so as you go into birth and you realize none of it can be planned, none of yeah. it can be coordinated not the timing, not the, you know, end result of it. Like it's sort of whatever's written in the stars, you know? And that was my area for me was I was like looking down at this giant belly and it was a very big belly. I mean, it was a, it was a big belly. And it was also a triangle belly, which we can talk about in a minute, but we were all convinced that the baby was transverse for like, like flipping all over the place for a long time. Wow. Um, well, you did, you did a great job growing that belly girlfriend. Even Sarah was like, I am so impressed. I was yeah. impressed. I know. Well, I'm going to have like, yes, girl. pics for your, for when you release this episode and you're going to see that belly in there. You're also going to see me pressing my head into Abby's boobs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a nice little oh pillow. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Those are my favorite. Those like raw, um, amazing birth but photos I are my favorite. But my belly being like, so this is, this is coming out. Like this is happening no matter yeah. what. And there's no yes. way, I'm not stopping this. Like this train nope. is moving and I can't back out. I can't go the other direction. I'm definitely no. not having, I mean, unless I needed to, I'm definitely not going the route of like a voluntary cesarean. So that's not my plan. And epidurals scare me too much. I mean, listen, nobody, I mean, I don't know. Nobody's like excited about feeling, you know, all of the big feelings that we feel, but I'm definitely more scared of needles than I am mm-hmm. of, <laughs> of that. So that was not my route. So I was like, okay, yeah. it's happening and there's nothing I can do to stop the train. And that's when I started getting the anxiety. It was like, is it going to be mm. today, tomorrow, the next day? You know, I'm already oh. two weeks past, even though I was still two weeks early. <laughs> so- oh, that's hilarious. That's, that's so really funny. funny. Yeah, I remember that because it was like a beautiful thing where you had to, for someone who's so organized and such a like boss in life, like you really had to surrender to the process. And the baby was like, yeah, no, I'm not, this is not coming on anyone else's time except for my own time, which is just <laughs> like so cool that it sort of like put you in that position. So take us to those, like, take us to that time, like when you were like, okay, I'm done. I've had this, you've had this call with Abby and now you've heard these birth stories and like when, you know, how many days or weeks after that call did the first inkling of like, wait a minute, am I in labor? Am I not in labor? Is this happening? She knows. There you go. She had days. <laughs> I mean, I think it's actually, it's important also to highlight why, you know, for other women, why it's, it can be so detrimental when someone is telling you you're going to go into labor yes. and for sure going to come early. You're yeah. you know, knowing exact dilation and stations. Why I think I strive to kind of step away from those things. I can't, I love Nikki's doctor. I, I hold him so dear to my heart. I think Tom is a dear, dear colleague of mine. But it's definitely why I tend to take a different perspective on things like that. Because again, each baby has their own path. They're going to write their own narrative. They're going to, you know, where one baby might come early and the next one could come very late. So you really have to be open and surrender to Mm -hmm. that baby's timeline. 
Um, we try to take the wheel, but ultimately we really have to sort of relinquish control to the baby in a lot of situations. They become that driver. But it was, um, yeah, we had that call. It was, yeah, it was, it was more than a week after that, that labor started. And also adding him for me of something that I was forgetting, which is, um, my partner, Ian, he travels a lot. And when I say a lot, like definitely every week and, you know, it's, Sometimes, sometimes the majority of the week. And um, he only could block out a certain amount of time to be in Los Angeles. And so he chose to block that time out based on what the sort of prediction of when the baby was coming was going to mm, be. Oh. And when the baby didn't come in that timeline, we all started feeling like we were kind of like... Yeah, you felt the pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of that came from from that too. I mean, and that's, you know, that's the majority of the the world doesn't have the luxury of controlling their work schedule. So I know that everyone listening will understand that. I mean, he he works and he works out of town a lot. Um, so I felt like a tremendous amount of pressure on my, mm-hmm. my body. And Abby reminded me of that in the very end. She was like, oh, Ian's flying next week. He starts traveling again next week. So that's also part of what's going on with you. So yeah. then I had to kind of write that story in my head of what it was going to look like if he wasn't there or had to yeah. travel and hopefully make it back or, yeah. you know, and Tez, you have a partner, you guys are, you know, traveling and, and away from each other mm-hmm. a lot. So I'm sure you felt probably something similar at different times. Yeah, so- I did with the last baby when Mark had a movie to go shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, he he made it, but he left when she was two days postpartum. So I had four kids on my own. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it's crazy. (laughs) With my mom. With my mom. (laughs) And that, and that, by the way, that happened with if you if you guys remember in 2020 with winter that Eric was supposed to go back to work and they they wrote him out of the first two episodes. And so it gave us like this really great buffer of time. The day that he'd already missed like 14 days of work for them writing him out for me to have the baby. Winter was 11 days late. So <laughs> the day that morning that he was going back to work for the first time since the pandemic was the morning that I went into labor. <laughs> I love it. And I said, and I said to him, time. I said to him, go to work, shoot out whatever you need to shoot out. I'll call you from the hospital and I'll, I'll tell you when I'm on my way to the hospital, and you meet me there because you'll be closer than, than I am to oh, the God. hospital. And he was just like, uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's so like third baby of you to be like, I know. Does I like, go to work. Get it done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and Sarah, I know you like me. Same thing. We both have had great hospital birth experiences, but I just have to say, Abby's going to deliver your next baby. And I'm I know. <laughs> She's so been excited. talking about a home birth. She <laughs> has. I'm not pregnant. She's not pregnant. She's not pregnant. <laughs> we talk I mean, about it as though we already are. <laughs> I know. I'm. Yes, I'm on my period right now. So um, am I. But, oh my god, oh, girls. Synced up. Yay. <laughs> I'm here um, too soon, which is really shocking for Abby. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. Sure. So now, okay, Ian's supposed to be going to work. You're like a little, you were a little anxious about that. So you figured that out. So no, now. She called me and she said, are you okay stepping in if Ian's gone? Like, are you going to be my person? I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, need to, like, yeah you need me to step in as your partner. I guess I can do By that. Way, like, she yes. Was, 
so my person. It was, Aww. I can't even tell you, like, she's still my person. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> she was so my person and so is Johanna, which I hope you guys have the opportunity to talk to Johanna. At some oh, point. we would love to. Because having, that's something that I didn't have the first time that I really felt in such a powerful way this time was like this strong female energy, this like mm. big mama energy that was like filled the room, you know, like such motherly. I didn't have that, that like overwhelming mom feeling of like, you're safe. I've got you. I'm like wrapping mm. myself around you. That's what I felt in this. That was so special. And I think before we had a couple meetings <laughs> before where Abby said, um, or meetups or Abby was like, can you tell me exactly what you want in your birth? And I said, um, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. And then as we got closer, we sat down and I was like, okay, so I know exactly what I want in my birth. And she's like, great, let's have that conversation. And one of the things that I said is I really need like a strong energy. Like I need yeah. almost like a masculine energy because that's what I thought. And the irony is what I really needed in that time was like a really soft landing place, like a safe space that was very like motherly. Mm. Um, mm, and I really wow. got that. And I have the most beautiful, beautiful photos. There's a woman named um, Christina King who just took the most, mm. I can't even tell you, if there's one thing to just like, if you're going to splurge on anything, splurge on capturing a moment that you don't ever want to forget I mean yeah I don't have any photos from my daughter's birth none and um it's everything like it's what I look at every day like I hold on to Uh these so Christina was just it's so special and to have the the moments that I have where I had with Abby and Johanna captured like that are so special. And there's one, I just sent her a video the other day, you guys, I know I keep fast forwarding, but there's this funny little clip (laughs) saying, I wasn't really aware of Christina's presence during the birth. And I definitely wasn't aware that Ian was like rolling a little bit of iPhone video. (laughs) 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 There's there's a moment where I'm hugging Abby and I whisper to her and you actually hear the whisper and he caught it on on camera where I say, (laughs) thank you so much for all the hugs. And she goes, you're welcome. But in like the most gentle way, it was like in between a contraction, I just said, thank you so much for all the hugs right now. And she goes, you're welcome. And it was just so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it makes it it's so teary. Okay, so leading up to the birth. So I call her and it's like a, a Friday and I say, I want a membrane sweep. That's it. I actually can't can't take the anxiety anymore of like, is Ian going to be here and what's happening? And, you know, I have to make sure my daughter's like set up and, you know, I still live an hour plus away from the city. And so I was planning on giving birth in a family member's home close to the hospital. And so I, all these things were just, you know, I'm sure you guys have experienced this too, but as you get closer to the birth every day, people call you and go, so are you feeling anything? Are there oh, contractions? God. Are you going to <laughs> labor? And you're go like, away. Go away. Worst- <laughs> I knew that would get tested too, because I think at one point, with, was it, was it Forrest? Forrest? We started telling yes. everyone about Forrest. You're like, I love you. You can't call me anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so 
because at my baby shower, you know, we thought we had like a predicted time or date. Um, everyone was calling during that time. And I'm talking like I had probably 10 to 20 people a day calling me oh, going. Geez. So I'm wearing the bracelet. I've got the beads on. <laughs> is now the time? Do I light the candle? And the best part is the text messages too, because now that's how the world communicates. So everyone's sending a text like any contractions and you write back. Well, not yet. Okay, but are you feeling anything at all? Well, not really. Has your doctor said if you're dilated? Um, oh, God. Can I call you later? Can I bring you later? And so I called <laughs> Abby. Again, by the way, everyone has the best of me. So I called Abby. I'm like, okay, membrane sweep. We're on it. This worked with my daughter. Like, I'm ready to rock and roll. You're just going to touch that cervix, and I'm going to go into labor. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't happen that way. I go to her house. She gives me a sweep. She's like, I'm going to walk your cervix forward. She'll tell you what that is. Um, that's a whole other new experience. Had wow. a, my cervix was walking. And, <laughs> and the baby, and I'm not in labor. Wow. Okay. So then the next day, I go into my doctor who wanted to see me anyway to do just a, you know, an NST. And he's like, I'm going to do a membrane sweep. He does a sweep. A few hours later, you're not in labor? I'm shocked. He's calling Abby. He's like, I'm shocked. I'm not in labor. <laughs> so suddenly, like, none of my plans are working, right? Again, the big lesson of they yes. really choose when they're coming into the world. Yeah. So that night, um, all bets were on the table and everybody was sure I was going into labor. And I'm not in labor. So I go to the park and I start curb walking. And I'm doing all the things at this point, guys. Like, I'm, like, bouncing <laughs> on the balls. I'm curb walking. I'm taking all the right baths. I'm walking the cervix. Like, everything's happening. <laughs> I'm jogging the cervix. I'm not even walking it. And what's your technical, like... Are you technically over 40 weeks at this point? Yeah, I'm technically 40 plus four at this point. And so um, I go in for a third sweep. <laughs> you sound like me. I'm the I perpetual know. sweeper. I'm like, and another one, and another one. Let me guess. You also probably pee on nine pregnancy tests. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> <laughs> You don't buy ovulation kits because they're cheaper than pregnancy kits and keep paying <laughs> That's up. Right. <laughs> um, yep. So I call Abby and I'm like, so I'm not going into labor tonight. So it's just what it is. And she's like, okay, get a good night's sleep. I love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And <laughs> this is, I, I, I nodded my head a little bit because I feel like it never goes quite that fast. She'll like call me at 930. I'm putting my kid to sleep. And then like 45 minutes later, we're like, Oh, okay. You want to sleep? I'll go to sleep. We'll uh, talk tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I know the Nikki phone calls are I my know, favorite. Yeah. Of course, they're amazing. <laughs> the call, and by the way, Abby's so generous with the time, which I love because she'll pick up every time. And I'm and still Aww. to this day, I'm not expecting her to. Like, I'll write her and go, "I'm going to text you instead of I'm not going to call you because I don't want to bother you." But I have a quick question, and she picks up the phone first. Mm. Oh, that, like just the sisterhood of that just that like again that like motherly energy of I'm going to take care of you is yes you can't that's not something that you I don't know in my opinion it's not something that you learn like it's part of who you are you know it's yeah. like you want to show up for people in that way or you don't you don't do it because you're supposed to you do it because want to and you always yes. feel like she wants to be there and I wrote you a whole series of texts about this Sarah just about how like 
my whole hope in doing this episode together is to really talk about just the care that women don't get um, and how how I've seen that in such potent form postpartum. Um, I have many friends that have had babies and I don't have a single friend that has had the type of relationship or care that I've had in this experience and my heart aches for them actually because this is what everybody deserves and we live in a country that's not set up for that we have a health mm-hmm. system that's not set up for that we have a culture that does not support or acknowledge that and most women are actually overpaying and getting less than yeah. what they deserve just by yeah. virtue of how our healthcare is set up to kind of monetize women's experiences in that way and I kept saying to Abby like I feel like you're going above and beyond for me and I didn't mean for me in any special way like for me as opposed to someone else I just was like I feel like this is above and beyond and she's like Nikki this is what I do this is what I do for everything mm. this is my life's work and my life's mission and mm. so anyway um I just kind of want to touch on that really quickly I my oldest is 11 having 12 and in a couple of months from now my youngest is uh, two and a half and so uh, and there's, there's one more child in between like they're not that far out but when my 11 year old was born you know he, I, I was I had been right. My aunt is a midwife. She's been a midwife for almost 25 years now. She was very much my mentor. She was, you know, the person who really first uh, introduced me to midwifery care. And I remember actually uh, going to her office when I was, I went to USC and I drove down to Orange County to see her and I was in her office and she was having what must've been a six week postpartum visit. And you could tell that there was a sense of sadness. Like they were leaving each other. There was this parting, parting away. It's like, okay, I'll see you with the next pregnancy. Or, you know, just pop in when you have some time. If I'm free, I would love to, you know, hold your baby. And they gave each other this really deep, long hug. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, I've never hugged a doctor in my life. Like, I don't, <laughs> wow. I don't remember any of my care providers, let alone been like, wow, I'm really sad to be leaving you. You know, generally you have sort of this very superficial relationship. And I think yes. that first kind of planted the seed for me and what I would be looking for in a care provider. So fast forward, I get pregnant with my son and I'm in sort of this group in Ripley practice. And I, you know, I have him and I'm sleep deprived and breastfeeding isn't going well. And I felt like for days I was really in the trenches. And I'm someone who had my aunt on speed dial. She, I could call her any time of day and she would pick up for me. And mm-hmm. I remember my, my aunt and my grandmother, my, another aunt and my grandmother came to visit me and my aunt had breastfed her daughter into, uh, daughter into toddlerhood and was such a huge, you know, breastfeeding advocate. She, you know, just kind of stroked my head and talked me through, you know, what was happening and, and helped me out of, you know, just what felt like a very dark place at the time. You're mm. really sleep deprived and you have this, this, you've gone through, you know, what is, what was arguably, obviously the most transformative experience of my life. And I'm on the other side of it. And now I'm like, but none of this is working and it's, it's supposed to work and it's just not working the way it's, it, it, it's meant to, or it doesn't seem like it's ever going to. And, um, having those people that I could connect with to really talk me out of that space and help me like hold my hand as I walked out mm. of it. You know, I was 36 weeks pregnant with my son working in politics when I decided I was going to become a midwife. I wow. was, I had this unbelievable relationship with my, you know, I'd seen this unbelievable relationship that my aunt built with her clients. I, I had, you know, a really strong um, connection with one of the midwives in the practice that I was seeing. And it was like, I want to do this every day. I can't have babies every day. I don't want to do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a part of this journey. 
And while I think that there's so much that we can offer in the prenatal space in terms of really sort of, you know, just kind of talking women through, again, there's obviously like a a complicated and hormonal time in their lives as they're navigating a lot of different things, hearing a lot of different stories, really trying to figure out what, what their path is. There's so much room in that postpartum phase. And I think midwives really show up at, or at least, you know, that's my goal is to show up at that time. Birth is mm. it's one day, it's one day. But on yes. the other side of that, there is a whole new person that has been birthed, right? You as the mom, this baby that you've now brought into the world. And our system does lack. You know, I always say my friends are so lucky because they know they can just call me whenever. Um, That's amazing. But especially for my clients, just really, you know, showing up for them during that time because there's just, there's there's not enough resources out there to really support women as they make that transitional experience. But it was, it was really my own experiences that definitely defined that as sort of, you know, a huge focus of my practice and who I am as a midwife today very much because wow. of that was birth in that first postpartum period. And I'll just say the care that I needed actually has all been in the postpartum space for the most part. Like I would call, I mean, it was obviously a very special moment and I'm going to share more of it here, but I would call my birth relatively uneventful in that it was, you know, pretty seamless and fairly short and yeah. all of those things. And again, like it's one day, right? And then what I sort of needed I guess needed is the right word because I really needed it. The, the care and the conversation and the um, sort of attention to detail and the answers to the questions, that's all been in this postpartum time. And you would think as a second time mom, you know, with my daughter, I didn't really have many questions. I mean, breastfeeding was fairly seamless. Um, everything kind of went according to plan. You know, I had this kind of chaotic birth, but then my postpartum time was pretty quiet and pretty simple and easy and straightforward. And, you know, here we are and I'm, it's my second baby. And I had kind of the reverse experience where my birth was very seamless and pretty simple and pretty easy. And then my the postpartum hurdles that we've hit really came out of nowhere. Um, mm. You know, I remember like the first three, four or five days that, you know, Abby was checking in with me, which by the way, how incredible is that? She was like at my house almost every day after I gave birth. <laughs> you were. Oh my God, you were like, wait, you don't show up to my house every day. I was no, here. I, there were things that were really necessary and she would show up if there was any question that I had or a problem. Like she got in her car at 11 o'clock at night, which she did for another client too that same week. It was the second time mom said also, who, you know, because I was worried that the, the baby wasn't able to latch properly and wasn't getting, you know, proper nutrients and so she's like I'm coming over to wait maybe because I won't sleep tonight if I don't know that the baby is feeding properly and it was 11 o'clock at night and I was like what oh my gosh are you sure wow. you want to do that and then she told me a story about a woman she doesn't share who of course but a woman you know in the same boat second time mom that same week who needed something very similar she's like Nikki I won't go to sleep so the requisite prenatal schedule is always three visits in the first two weeks, right? So your standard of care in, in the U.S. is to check out, you have your hospital discharge, and then you're going to see your OB at six weeks. Um, I generally will see my clients between four and five times in the first six weeks, six to eight weeks. Wow. Really. Um, but it, it has to be it has to be client-focused and it has to be client-led. Not everyone's postpartum experience is going to look exactly the same. And so where some clients will barely call me in the postpartum period because everything is just functioning, you know, just as it should be. I have others. So actually, it was a fourth-time mom who was kind of going through sort of things very similar to Nikki at the same time. So I was, you know, juggling these two moms who had had these 
you know, beautiful breastfeeding experiences in the past. And now we're like facing all these challenges. So I was hopping over to her house a couple times a week to weigh her baby over here to kind of troubleshoot and weigh Nikki's baby. But you, I mean, you have to, I don't know. I feel like I have to show up in the postpartum period that way. Cause I just, again, I don't, I have virtually a 0% postpartum depression rate. Um, in the wow. immediate in the first eight weeks, I have zero, zero, none of my clients have ever faced postpartum depression. There have been times where it's kind of crept up later on, but still four months, six months, eight months down the road, they're calling me. I'm generally their first call to say, Hey, something isn't right. And I need help with this. And I, I really chalk that out to how I show up for my clients in that postpartum period. You know, it's like they always have a resource and it's not the internet and it's not a friend who did things entirely different than they intend on doing things, you know, that in some ways can just make them feel like they're doing all the wrong things. Um, Mm. It's showing up in the way that they need me to also. No two clients are ever going to be the same. No two experiences are ever going to be the same. And so it's also, you know, tailoring your care to the person that you're dealing with. Um, Not just, again, like, having the same type of care for every person, rather showing up for them in the way that they need me to show up. Um, I mean, Nikki kind of touched on her birth and, and burying her head in my chest, but not, <laughs> not all of my clients are even going to need that. You know, you show up the way that someone needs you to meet them where they're at. It should never look exactly the same across the board. I needed a lot of hugs. Okay. <laughs> a lot, a lot of hugs. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is amazing to have all of this context as well. And you're, so you're 40 plus four, five, six, I don't know how far it went, but you were able to surrender to the fact that this baby had his own divine timing. And then when did you think like, all right, that feels different. This feels like it's starting. I didn't at all. So I go to sleep that night. So I call Abby, it's like 9.45 or nine o'clock, something like that. And I said, so it's not happening. I'm going to go to sleep. I, everybody lose. Good thing no one's putting real money on this because everyone's losing. Okay. <laughs> so I did a lot of curb walking. I actually just looked at the photo the other day. I'm at the park at 7.30 at night. And your belly is all oh, God. I, I, we had, yeah, I've got, yeah, jo- she's got Johanna on the line teaching me like proper bindings. We want to make sure the baby doesn't shift because we keep thinking like, is the baby going transverse or what's going on? I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I went you into get some scans a couple times. Yeah. That's early on though, but not at 40 plus weeks. I think you're, he was pretty, remember he was so settled and so, but what about the pictures I sent you? Where I was like, your belly this, looks square. Yeah. The square. Yeah. Okay. But at, that, at this point, he's like, he is locked and loaded. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. For like two weeks, you're like, he's going to, you're, you see, he's going to fall out. And he's just yeah. going to fall out. Yeah. She kept saying to me, it was really cute. She's like, so that baby's two inches away from fresh air. So don't worry. It's going to be, <laughs> and I, like, I held on to that. Like, two inches away. That's not a lot of pushing. <laughs> <It's two inches. laughs> yeah. We Can you got push this. An <laughs> um, so I said, go to sleep. But, you know, I, it's not happening. Um, and thank goodness I actually went to sleep because, Ugh. you know, it's really hard to like get a couple hours under your belt and then, you know, feel like you're just a wreck in the middle of the night, right? So I went to sleep. I thought she did too, but she didn't. I went to sleep at like 9.45 or 10 and I wake up 
at midnight, this little boy, my water never broke. He kicked and broke my water. Like it was, <gasps> but the interesting thing is with my daughter, I had a, a reversal experience where I, I was in like a little bit of labor-ish all night and then around like 6.30 in the morning, I was like, oh, wow, these contractions are kind of real. And then my water broke and I felt it break. Mm, okay. With my son... I had no signs of labor. I went to sleep a little disappointed, to be honest with you, because mm. I just can't take it anymore, the waiting. And I go to sleep and it was like, pop, like the bit, like I, I swear I could hear it. <laughs> like that's what it felt like. Yeah. And, and this, yeah. this boy, it was such a kicker in my, in my belly anyway. I mean, there were moments where I would like just hold on to the edges of a chair and like that he wasn't going to start kicking because it was always so intense. It was like big, Ugh. strong, powerful legs under my rib cage. And it would sometimes like send me through the roof. So I know that's what happened. So in my sleep, and it was so sweet, you guys, my water broke on my lucky number and he was born at a time that equaled my lucky number. It was like the sweetest thing. So my water, Ugh. my water breaks and I go, and I literally like jolt up and I go, my water broke. And Ian, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. He shoots up. He shoots up like a like a cartoon character and starts screaming at the top of his lungs. And he must have it must have like caught him in a moment where it, it like was like a bad dream or something. Because he shoots up and he starts running, races to the door and goes, Your water broke and slams on all the lights like this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thanks for yelling. You're going to wake up, like, you're going to wake up our daughter. Please stop. Don't panic. What's wrong? And he's, like, still not fully awake. Like, oh parents are everywhere. And staying at the thing. I'm like, man, calm. Like, everything's okay. It just, it just broke. But I'm okay. Oh like, everything's fine. Oh, my God. And so I walk slowly into the room, and I pick up the phone, and I call Abby, and I go, so my water broke, but I don't think I'm in labor. So just go to sleep. <laughs> and she goes no no I'm not going to sleep um why don't you get in the car and start driving into the city and I was like well I'm not having any contractions so I don't think I'm actually in labor I think my water just broke she's like your contractions are going to start in like They're 10 to start. 15 minutes yeah. <laughs> get in the car and start driving because everybody knew that my daughter came in like three or four hours so this would likely be like a similar you know experience if not sooner and no one want, wanted me to have the baby well, in the car and we knew at this point we also know she's had memory issues we knew exactly how far dilated she is which was it was good and then she got, i was like three centimeters yeah dilated. and like yeah. barely oh, enough wow. of cervix. we were like 80 90 percent of face so like her cervix is thin to practically nothing and we know that this baby is two inches from fresh air <laughs> and <laughs> she's got a bread that's never and now her water's broken, and she's having her second baby after her first half labor. It's like yeah, you got about five one. minutes before that. Right, shit so normally, I mean, like, yeah, cool, just like settle in until you start having contractions. But like all those factors combined, it was like the car ride's probably going to start your contractions. We're not going to have a lot of time once the contractions start. So like, let's just shift locations. And then also, there's something we said about getting settled without your hair on yes. fire. Yeah. And like just getting to that place where you can kind of just let go and start laboring as opposed to getting to that place with your hair on fire and like you're, we're scrambling to get all the pieces together. 
Because at this point, with that, I didn't even know what that meant like, though. Like without your hair on fire, because in my experience, like you go to the hospital when your hair is on fire. fire you know, yeah. <laughs> you wait yeah, yeah. you're nine centimeters dilated to go to the hospital, and so that to me was like, what do you mean? Like I should get there before I'm in the thick of it? Why would I do that? You know, I mostly my concern was that I felt bad that everybody would be awake all night, and I don't know why I was so concerned about that, but I was like, I just want you to go back to sleep. I don't want you to call my doctor or Christina. I want everyone to get a good night's sleep and I'll call you when I think this is really happening. And Abby was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'll get in the car in a few minutes. I'll see you in a little bit. So I was awake. There's nothing. I I stayed awake watching like Daisy Jones and the Six. I go to bed (laughs) every night and I was so sucked in that I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. So by the time she called me, I think I had just gotten into bed and I hadn't fallen asleep yet. So sorry. There's nothing worse than getting called an hour after you fall asleep. So I was like, I'm awake. I'm just going to, I'm going to have some coffee and power through this in my life. I, I, <laughs> I can do this. Yeah, so I know it's not. Them is so messed up before so, <laughs> and I know it's not going to be very long. By the way, if you look through my text messages with Abby, I just feel so bad that all the photos, you know how you can like click on the photo section of what you've sent someone? There's like nothing I sent Abby that up until this point, at least, that isn't like blood, mucus, like everything you're sending. Oh my to God, amazing. And, like, so this? and what should this look like? And so I send her a picture as soon as, you know, we hang up the phone and I'm like, is this normal? Because obviously like a giant, you know, blob, blob, yeah, big blob, blob of blood. And I was like, this isn't meconium, right? Is this blood? And like, this is your conversation with the midwife. So but I, this is this is my daily life. I was once at lunch with one of my best friends, and over the span of like fifteen minutes, I got pictures of a blood clot, postpartum, and a dirty diaper. And she's like, "You are just the most disgusting person." I said you were, and now too. Yeah, and she has sent me disgusting pictures like that. So I don't actually find them disgusting. I find them very normal, but, but um, she has sent me disgusting pictures too. Here's a Bayo ad. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Okay, I know we don't want to, but we're going to pause right here and we will be back next week with part two of Nikki's birth story. Bye.